This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hello, listeners. We're continuing our one-shot adventure, Blood Pact Requiem. Now, as Ryan mentioned at the top of the first episode, this arc features a really dark side of the Warhammer universe and includes some content that some listeners might find disturbing, such as enslavement, torture, and body horror. With that in mind, please take care when deciding whether or not to listen to this episode. And if you decide to skip this arc, we've got two other weekly podcasts that you can check out in the meantime, Blood and Syrup and Dum Dums and Dragons. And we'll be back with Valentine's crew in a few weeks. For those of you continuing with us now, please enjoy the continuation of Blood Pact Requiem. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is a special report on the repercussions of the events of Blood Pact Prison Break. Set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG, this report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tyler Hewitt Laura Hamstra, and Del Borovic. After arming themselves with their favoured weapons, our trio set out across the ever-shifting plains of Everworld to search for the demon's heart, only to enter a gauntlet of the gods. They waded through servants of Nurgle over a fetid swamp, gave up secrets to pass through a confounding library of Zinch, and faced off with demonettes of Slanesh. But will the servants of Khorne prove too deadly? Find out next, in this episode of the one-shot, Blood Pact Requiem. The three of you stand in a molten, ashy, smoky world with hounds of corn howling in the distance, blood clouds hanging in the sky, and three blood letters charging towards you. You have entered the Blood Fiend's lair, and it's time for you to face off with the Guardians of Corn, who some of you are sworn to and some of you are not, but... Uh, corn doesn't really care. Everybody gets to die for corn. That's corn's deal. So they're charging towards you. Now, for this, we will do an initiative check for the first time, which is one of two different roles. It's just a straight roll. Don't worry about difficulty. It's about the number of successes. Vigilance, if you were combat ready and ready to throw down, or cool, if you're just trusting your gut, you showed up like, ah, just reaction speed, gut instinct for the three of you. We'll give Tyler hmm. a second to like catch his breath. Yep, sorry. Uh, vigilance no, and cool. Uh, vigilance, uh, yep, for if you were kind of combat ready, that's the like being ready to go around the corner, kick down a door, throw down, or cool if it's just your instinctual reaction that you're trusting. Okay. Um, I have a special ability that r- rapid reaction uh, that I may suffer one strain to add one success to a check to determine initiative order. I don't know if I need to do that before or after or what. You can just auto-add that success if you want to pay pay that strain, yeah. I'm going to do that. Story points, you guys have two, I have three. Yeah. I'm sitting on a triumph and a success. Shit, I got one success. It's Oh, it's difficulty zero? Uh, Yeah, this is just to see. I got four successes and one triumph. Oh my god, you you bastards. <laughs> How many dice did Jesus? Anyways. 
So there are three blood letters sprinting towards you. To paint the picture, they are about six and a half to seven feet tall. They are approximately human-shaped, though they are incredibly muscular and do not have skin. You are looking at exposed veins and muscle. They're covered in a sheet of blood. They're wearing brass armor in a more traditional medieval style, mainly over their torso. They have massive horns growing off the tops of their heads, asymmetrical, terrifying fangs, glowing red eyes cloven hooves as they sprint forwards with whipping tails behind them. And they're carrying massive swords of corn carved out of brass. They are brutal, jagged edged, asymmetrical blades that come out into different spikes and points that can be used to hook enemies' weapons, pull them away, also just tear flesh and make as gory an opening as possible if they are thrust through a person. They are sprinting at you at high speed. Uh, First up will be Azrael, because holy shit, that role. Azrael was very ready for Corn to come join the party. Next, just slightly slower than Azrael for Carl. Then we will have a blood letter, which is we will say has a, a, an eyebrow ring of, of brass. So I can just track these three difference. Uh, eyebrow ring. One of them will have a scar. That is so means they only have one eye. Uh, and the third has no tail. It's been hacked off. So no tail on the third one. Uh, eyebrow ring will be facing off with Azrael. The one-eyed scar will be heading towards Carl. And no tail will be heading towards Flinch. Okay. So at, basically it'll go Azrael, Carl, no tail, then we'll be over to flinch, then the rest of the blood letters, because they didn't roll too good. They're not actually that vigilant. They're just extremely <laughs> violent, uh, is their cool. their skill set. Azrael, you're getting charged by a blood letter, and so are your two wards on your way to pass these tests of the gods. What do you do? Yeah, I have Azrael's gotta stay straight and true, even though this the environment has changed because of what Carl did, but Azrael will pull forth his staff two-handed and swing down to hit the blood letter in front of him and as he takes a couple big heavy strides forward into that fray. Amazing. So you're just moving right towards the enemy that's moving towards you. Yes. Uh, your difficulty, so this will be a melee light or heavy. I think you got a two-handed weapon, right? I have heavy, yeah. So you're melee heavy. Uh, the difficulty for this will be three that is upgraded because blood letters are nasty combatants. Uh, and they have a melee defensive two, so you'll have two setback dice Great. added to that because, you know, super nasty. Also, blood letters are automatically frenzied at all times, so they are ultimately very dangerous coming at you, but also not necessarily the best at defending themselves. So you will have one automatic success added to this die roll. Great. It might be tactically useful for them to turn that frenzy off. They're blood letters. That's not an option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let me double check my rule. First time doing this with this character, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, and I, it says, as an incidental, because this is a, a psychic staff, I can suffer two strain and increase the damage as, I, as Ezreal is using his psychic energy to channel through the, the staff. 
That's great. Uh, do you need to do that before you roll the attack, or is it non-specific? It's non-specific, but I figured I'd flag it because I'm planning to use I, it. I so. would say that'll be something you could do if you actually hit. I don't think you have to like keep the staff charge to just swing around in the air because that strikes me very much as a you have to stab it into somebody and then fry. So don't right. worry about just burning all your strain, throwing <laughs> exactly. psychic powers into the air. All, all right, strain, train. That's right. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I'm on a roll. Oh, well, thank God for that one automatic success, because all I rolled was one threat, which means oh. one success, one threat. Holy shit. One success, oh. one threat. Okay, I'm going to carry uh, that threat over and give advantage to your opponent, who is Eyebrow Ring. Uh, they will get an automatic advantage on their next roll, but you made it through. So what is your damage total? including your extra psychic damage. What does this look like? I, I know what the Imperial version of force weapons look like. Mm -hmm. This is nastier and eviler. Hmm. Yes. So the staff just comes down. It looks like a big staff, but it has bones and skulls on top of it. So what happens is that the skulls start rattling and the mouths open and like purplish, bluish smoke comes from the mouths and the eyes of the skulls and wraps down around the staff and around what it hits. So, let's see here. So the damage is seven, plus one is the base damage, and that, and the additional damage from the psychic attack is eight. So, 16. 16. Okay. You do a solid blow to your, your blood letter opponent. Uh, but they are still standing. You can see them stagger from the magic uh, mm -hmm. as much as anything else that cuts through. Uh, what's your pierce on that? Is there any pierce? There is Or no sunder pierce. or whatever. They Just, give weird force weapons. It, that's it. It has... It's defensive disorient and four crit, but I didn't trigger anything, so none Fair of those enough. come okay. through. Yep. Yep, so your your enemy combatant is still standing... Uh, but you do manage to tear his left arm off uh, as he came forward. So just that roar of abject hatred as the blood letter loses an arm. But that sword is still gripped in an absolutely mm -hmm. psychotic hand. Yeah. So that continues. Carl, what do you do as a blood letter charges at you and another one at Flinch and another one at Azrael? I, uh, I charge to meet him. Yeah, right. I run straight up on that fool. <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess that you're going to attack. Yeah, with my uh, Astartes Chainsword. Great. So difficulty will be three, uh, and you will have okay. two setback. You also get one automatic success because Frenzy, it's just a monster running at you. There's not much strategy to blood letters. Right. Uh, you okay. are slightly taller than the blood letter. <laughs> <laughs> with an additional success, that is one triumph. Three successes, one advantage. Wow. Wah, wah, wee, wah. Okay. <laughs> Get in there, Carl. This means we get to roll on the amazing crit table of justice. Uh, or chaos, as this case may be. Uh, <laughs> I need you to roll me a D100, Carl. Okay. That's a 14. And then what is your vicious score on your Astartes Chainsword? Because I remember that being excessive. It is five. Five. So 14 becomes. 
Uh, you will do an agonizing wound to this blood letter. Uh, you you score across its chest, just ripping out and disemboweling it. So it is spattering blood onto the ground that hisses as it hits the magma between the different plates. Uh, and its entrails are hanging out. Its entrails have become its extrails. Uh, it is screeching. And what that means is it will lose uh, one die from all of its brawn and agility checks moving forwards oh. in this combat. It's been too long, you know? <laughs> And then what is your damage as we add up this excessive number? So this weapon has pierce two. Great. Uh, The damage is plus five. Plus five. And what did you roll? That was three successes and a triumph. Three successes plus a triumph, which will count as two. So that's five plus the additional damage of five plus your bronze score, which is what? Oh, God. Uh, My bronze score is five. Great. So your base (laughs) damage on this is actually ten. Okay. And you do five on top of that, so it's up to 15 with the soak. Uh, my brain doing math. Uh, yeah, you, you, have, you have heartily wounded this uh, grotesque friend uh, who is close to what you would think of as perhaps half health, if you were to look at it statistically, but okay. a, a solid blow, but have not finished it off. However, with its entrails having to be held in as it's fighting, it is at a disadvantage uh, okay. to keep coming at you. You feel like you've added a new scar to this demon, if nothing else. <laughs> All right. And then this blood letter, the last one with no tail, just r- sprinting towards Flinch, dodging back and forth as it comes, maybe a little craftier than the other ones. Uh, it is going to no. attack. So what is your melee defense, Flinch? Oh, no, it is two. Two, okay. It is in a blood frenzy, which means I can auto-add things. And I am also looking at its score. Turns oh, out, goodness. very good at melee. Oof. The difficulty is automatically two. Okay, here we go. It's coming in, lashing out with its its hooked, deadly blade of corn. Flinch. This blade rips in uh, and cuts through your armor, dealing you a total of uh, ugh, 11 damage. Uh, no, 14 damage, sorry, is what, what comes in. Oh, hey. Do I take the, the uh, soak away from that? Your soak will be subtracted from that, but okay. it also has a, a pierce of one. So your soak minus one will be soak subtracted minus from one. it. Okay. Oh, no. So that means I take eight damage. Oh, Correct. dear. Oh, dear. So oh, it is dear. a nasty blow that slices... Uh, across your chest and then down through your hip, digging deeper as it goes, which is why it didn't prove fatal, but you've just got a a deep slice across your body. Uh, You are bleeding heartily, uh, but you're engaged in combat. And again, that would probably take Laura out of the equation completely, but Flinch, you have been a weird torture creature for several (laughs) years of warp exposure, so you're kind of doing your own thing now. Uh, Flinch, it is your turn to act. Uh, well, I guess this is a good opportunity to um, just uh, use my power knife because fuck this person. <laughs> this tailless monstrosity uh, howling at you with all the rage of a thousand yeah, deaths. It'll, yeah, it's like as like Flinch gets hit and then kind of stumbles backwards, but like is just able to kind of plant one foot and slash across. Nice. Great. 
Great. That sounds good to me. Uh, difficulty will be three. You will automatically have one success. That's built into what you're doing. The setback dice, you have two. It'll be two black dice on this one. Um, I'm going to spend a story point because you've done been injured. So upgrade one of those three purples to a red. Okay. What is, um, what's the setback due to? Setback is due to the armor of the, oh. the, the okay. beast in front of you. The copper armor and its overall demonic aura. Well, I can't take any of those out. <laughs> okay, so let me like make a melee light attack. Oh dear. This is not looking that great so far. Azrael and Azrael, you, you seem to be kick you're you're uninjured, and so's Carl. Uh, if both of you want to roll me a difficulty three perception. You want me to still roll in the meantime? Yes, you're still doing what you're doing. This is just in case they pick up on something while they see it. Because they're currently, uh, the opening rounds of their fights are going in their way. So they may spot something that I think you're too t- caught up to do. You have a very sad face. Flinch, what's up? <laughs> I got two failures. Two failures. Flinch, you just slash out with the power knife and the blood letter just jumps back. You're realizing it's got a lot of fury, but it, you seem to have met your match here. The other two are clearly much more tooled up for close combat than you are. I don't like it. <laughs> and that's, neither does Flinch. <laughs> that's valid. Uh, you, the other two, you are facing yep. off with blood letters. So we will resolve. Uh, oh, what, let's check on, on your perception. Check? Yeah, just so I can see those. I got a wash, so nothing. I got, doesn't see nothing. I got three successes, one advantage. Azrael, you can spot that the blade being carried by the blood letter that attacked Flinch. Uh, has grown slightly longer and slightly sharper. You're realizing that every time you're wounded with one of these blades, the blade itself becomes more dangerous, which is very attuned to Korn's general magic. What's your melee defense, Azrael? One. One. All right. Difficulty is two. The blood letter, despite taking a, a heinous injury and losing an arm, just spits a torrent of blood in your eyes and comes in swinging with the sword, hoping it'll be able to distract you. Whoa. Two, three, oh, five, fuck me. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven successes, which <laughs> is a, a large Ouchies. amount of successes, which is actually eight when we factor in the frenzy. And... Let me check this sword stat, and I think it's not great for you. No, it doesn't sound great. And it gets a crit. So, okay, just a second. I got to roll in the crit chart. We're going to find out what happens to you, Azrael. <laughs> Azrael is very bad day. <laughs> well, while we're, we're waiting fine. for this, I need to put out a plea to listeners that if you find a good online Genesis dice roller, <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> the one we used is no more. Savager. Now we, we missed those auto ourselves. successes, and yeah, it was just so beautiful and elegant. <sighs> Miss it so much. What happened? What happened, buddy? Who ran that website? What <laughs> we happened? miss you, sir. We miss you. Where'd you go? Please come back. <laughs> oh man! All right, Azral. Uh, mm-hmm. The blood letter lashes out with an equal intent. Uh, and cripples you. So 
your left arm matching the blood letters left arm mm. is severed from your body. You are still holding onto your weapon, but that's been lost. So all, right. uh, all difficulty checks that would have involved that arm will be more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, this will not affect your actual combat stats because I think you're a bad motherfucker who can swing this thing around one armed or two armed. You're a champion of the warp. We're not here to fuck around. Uh, you will take <laughs> a total of it will be 18 damage from right. this sword with Pierce one. Ah! All right. I am somehow still alive because my soak is very high. What? I am still standing with four damage. Four Do you HP say anything re- in response to this demon that you have battered and at the same time been battered by? Yeah, I think Hezrael would lean, yeah, lean forward and keep stepping closer because even though his arm is hacked off and this, obviously the sword must also be growing, he would step closer and you can have plenty of blood at the end of our journey. Get out of our way. (laughs) We have places to be. And the demon just yells, blood for the blood god, and just comes in swinging again. So the combat continues between the two of you. Carl, what is your melee defense currently? Two. Two, okay. Your blood letter comes in swinging after having been smoked, holding its guts with one hand, which I remember because I have to remove a die to do that. There we go. See, (laughs) I'm getting better at this. Uh, and it comes in and strikes a blow as well. You you are a large being with a lot of flesh that you are not necessarily yep. used to parrying in the same way you would have been able to when you were a, a smaller, nastier version of yourself. For so sure. you will take 14 damage with a pierce of one. Okay. So one goes through for sure. So then I take seven off. So eight? Yep, it'll be eight off. Yep. Okay. Thank you. And you are just run through. Uh, this would be a blow that would have killed the previous version of yourself, Carl. Yeah. But the sword goes in, uh, knife goes in, guts come out. You are still, however, a giant behemoth ready to throw down. Okay. There's no critical on me or anything? There is no critical. Okay. Uh, that does trigger my bloodlust, though, which, I mean, I feel like it was a given that <laughs> we, were, we weren't going to let each other walk away from this. But that does allow me to ignore melee defense once per fight now because I'm... Ooh, I'm all revved up. So Yep. And I believe you have acid blood. That is uh, as a result of critical injuries. So I also wanted to check. For nah, that. this is enough that will allow okay. acid blood to be a factor. I think it's weird that it's only critical injuries. That should be something that will just affect all your stuff. So what's the deal with acid blood? Everyone in melee range takes seven damage. Uh, we will just bounce that. <laughs> we will bounce that over to the demon. You guys are far enough apart that you're not just okay. killing the whole team. Nice. Um, Thank everyone's you. In their well, own. We'd be like, eh, eh, like bye. <laughs> now, everyone's fighting their own battles. Um, I'm going to say that that goes around the general armor of the I'm protecting my torso with brass. I think getting sprayed with acid head to toe gets through a fair amount of that. There is still some demonic resistance which will exist, uh, but. It is now just eating through this blood letter that is wheezing, holding its own intestines. It's just the blood letter is not having a good day. You're not having a great one either, but that blood letter is having uh, an exceedingly bad day. 
I think I think Carl is 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 feeling a combat high through the bloodlust. Mm. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think he's just fervently devoted to corn. Uh, I, I think he's saying like, yes, yes, test me, brother. These <laughs> trials have forged a new body for corn. Test me. Amazing. Amazing. And you ha- you just, Azrael and Flinch, you both see your blood letters turn and look at Carl as someone who has challenged the blood god. But Azrael, you get to ask first. Hey, this is Nero Abagnale from uh, Warhammer 40,000, the Valentine Heresy. And look, if you want to help support us in pulling back the curtain on uh, some of the mysteries of the galaxy, like, uh, you know, figuring out what all this Horus stuff means or uh, finding these uh, these uh, new men, well, we're going to need your help. So for just the cost of a dollar a month, you can join our, our Patreon at patreon.com slash dice. And yeah, for just that, you can talk to other fans in the Discord, swap theories about uh, the nature of the Golden Throne, uh, about, you know, what really happened back in the day you can really get to the heart of things or you know at five dollars you can listen to this very show ad free uh, as well as some of our other shows uh at uh, fifteen dollars you can add some names to the shows you can hear your own uh you know names showing up and stuff and at twenty five dollars you can create your very own character who will go with us on some of our adventures as well as uh, getting your name added to the credits which is a, a good way to immortalize yourself you know like like horace did when he got his name added to the credits of history you know so uh if you want to be like horace go to uh patreon.com slash dice that's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E, and, you know, we'll figure this out together. All right, Ezreal is just taking another step forward and going to hit this this uh, blood letter again, or try to, and because he's now missing one arm, it's even wilder swings, like, like going further down the haft and then torquing his whole upper body and there's the bones and chains flying and just using his entire upper torso to land a hit or attempt to while it swings. I love it. All right. Difficulty will be three. There are two setback dice for the armor uh, and general combat abilities of the blood letter, but you have one automatic success added to your pile because still frenzied. All right, I'm, I think I will like to take a story point here because, man, if I don't do this, this is <laughs> might be curtains here, so. <laughs> All righty, go right. for it. Okay, double-checking. Okay. Oof, we got one success, one advantage, which means two success, one advantage. Two success, one advantage, uh, gonna... which will be a grand total of what damage with your also Psyker-powered mm-hmm. spooky... Corn and fueled smoke we weapon. Got... God. 17 damage. 17 damage. Uh, how do you kill this bloodletter? Oh, man. I It's a wild swing, I think, from the bottom. And the, it the power swirls around the bloodletter's head and explodes its head. And Azrael keeps walking forward and the body leans up against his and blood gushes all over his face. And then he just takes another step forward and lets that body slump down beside him. Amazing. All right, Carl. Uh, We're taking another swing with the the chainsword. I mean, we got to. 
Great. Difficulty three, two setback dice, one automatic success as you are dueling it out. Yeah, this isn't even one back and forth. This is fucking an ugly, ugly pit fight between two champions of corn. We're just tearing chunks out of each other. I will be uh, ignoring I, two defense with my bloodlust on this one. Fabulous. Because you are in the realm of corn and you have declared yourself as a cornate champion, I would also allow you to make yourself frenzied if you wanted to like fuel yourself with the violence here. So what that does is it means on an attack, you automatically add one success and two advantage. But on anyone attacking you, they automatically add one success. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I Like I was thinking about it as like a tactical decision, but that's not how a frenzy works. So no, just I think it just <laughs> well, I th- it, I think it washes th- over him. And yeah, he goes. I would he, say he Carl, leans Carl into has it. enough of a mind still to be able to decide to fall into kind of mm. the cornate madness or not. So he is a tactical character who is like a training officer in the blood pact. So right. if you think smart Carl would be like, no, no, me no want, that is allowed. Um, I think he feels like he's doing well enough that this is, is that he is being proper, appropriately tested and, and he wants to... He has something to prove, yeah. So he's he's going to try and stay as as in control as possible. Okay, so you won't frenzy, but you'll just make your regular attack, which is still good, and you get a bonus <laughs> success just because the blood letter's frenzied. Yeah. Um, cool. So three <laughs> difficulty. Okay, so doing my thing of that. Um, yeah, I'll use a story point as well. Okay. Um. Just because, yeah, I have declared myself a, a, uh, a proud champion of corn. I never faltered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rolling. Uh, that's one more success than last time. Um, so one triumph and four successes. Wow. How does this blood letter die? Holy shit. Uh, it's just—it's just blood for the blood god, and the sword comes up. It's screaming with the chainsword. Comes down. The demon raises his one. No, he's got both hands. He—he he abandons uh, his gaping stomach wound to use two hands to fend off my attack. But the chainsword eats through his blade, eats through his horn, and then into his head, and just splatters blood everywhere he just leaves it in the body and revving it so that the chainsaw just sprays more and more blood out all righty flinch your opponent having heard the challenge turns to charge at carl who has challenged corn's champions directly you do have a chance to raise a weapon and perhaps take a parting shot as this blood letter dashes from one fight to another uh, yeah. <laughs> so is that what Flitch says? Uh, <laughs> you imagine? No. <laughs> um, no, Flinch is like, well, like, all like, ah, like, and uh, just ready. Flinch was ready to go for the Inferno pistol anyways, just because I think for her it's a more reliable weapon she's used to it it's it's just like a beautiful powerful can't miss weapon um so she's gonna i want to 
it's it's like I imagine it's like in like a massive holster, but that's like ridiculous. Anyways, she lifts it up <laughs> from where it's hanging on her. <laughs> I, I I think it could be in like I, I think if we're picturing it, it could be a holster that wraps around the pistol, but is open at the bottom, so it hangs, but you can raise it with the holster yes. still wrapped around it to fire. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's Beautiful. Good. Well, then take your shot. Difficulty will be three. Okay. Your setback will be one. Okay. Um, that's all I have for you. Okie dokie. I'll use a story point there. Where, where are we at? That gives me all of them. Oh. I don't want you to have all of them. <laughs> I take it back. I don't uh, want it. Did, would you take that back or, or, or like, I'm just saying, would flinch not consider this a significant moment or does it feel like character spend? It's easy to trade uh, these back and forth. That's what you want to no, do. No, flinch got really hurt. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flinch, yeah. Flinch Flinch isn't quite faithful enough to be able to feel the sway of the powers in the warp and fate around this team. Yeah. Yeah. Flinch okay. is tattooed to the bones <laughs> by an atheist. <laughs> All right, I'm rolling. Oh man, glad I took that one success. Ooh. One success. We yeah. know that this has breach, but it also has destructive, which normally means it can add 10 per success against vehicles. So what we will say yeah. is that it will add three per success against anything individual. It's a smaller target. You're not shooting a hole in a wall. It's really nice. easy to do that. You're hitting a moving target with kind of like a flow of terrifying plasma. Uh, but what cool. that means is you will be doing a base of 13 or 14 is the base damage. Uh, uh, it's base damage is 13. 13 jumps up to 16 plus you've got pierce plus you've got all that uh you burn just a a massive hole down the spine of this blood letter as it dashes towards carl Azrael, you've dispatched your foe and it is running past you so you also have a chance to take a swing before this thing gets to carl oh nice i'm adding the equivalent of a DD attack of opportunity here as it is frenzied as shit oh wait uh, it's it's very fucked. I forgot that you would have your automatic success for shooting at it, uh, Flinch. So it's just more fucked up. I'll make note of that. Uh, Azrael. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, Azrael's just turning in place, swinging at it as it comes by. Then I'll just try and hit it. Great. Difficulty three, two setback. Two setback. And One automatic success. Yes. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Where was this, Azrael? <laughs> <laughs> I got... So with the automatic success, that would be three successes, two threat, and a triumph. Holy shit. Uh, How do you kill it, Azrael? I'm going to tell you, uh, due to the way the warp is suggesting it to you, you leave its torso alone. But otherwise, how do you kill it? Right. I think then it's... uh, he swings in a circle and it's a, just a low swing and not even using the psychic energy, but taking its legs out so that as it's running towards Carl, it falls on Carl and Carl's acid and all of his spikes and it just <laughs> falls on him. So this in slow motion, we watch a Carl slaughter his opponent by jamming a chainsword through their brain. Then a bloodletter turns from flinch and runs forwards, is shot in the back with an inferno pistol while being brutally tripped and its shins shattered by your force weapon and then dies on the blood and body blades of Carl. You stand, you look around, no more champions appear out of the dust. But as you look down at the bodies, you can see that their chests are glowing. 
And you can see the hearts at the center of each of these blood letter bodies are glowing. Visible through their torsos. What do you do? Hazarel's going to go towards the one that's on Carl and stick his... I guess he's got he's to gotta put his staff in his crook of his arm and use his one good arm to try and stick his hand in to grab the heart. You'll succeed. It's a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps the changing of this place was meant to be for us to receive these. And he's going to pull it out and turn it around and hand it to Flinch because that was Flinch's blood letter. Flinch, Azrael is offering you a severed demon heart that is still beating and glowing with like red hateful magic. Uh, uh, is, is this, is this a heart? Yes. He's gonna drop it into Flinch's hand and then hobble over to the one that he killed and get the heart out of that one. Flinch is just kind of standing there with like both hands kind of outstretched like held together with a heart and it not quite knowing what to do with it. Flinch, can you roll me? Uh, I would accept a streetwise if you're trying to math out what you think this would be, because I don't think you have a ton of forbidden knowledge. Yeah. However, it also has been a while and you eat flesh and bodies. Yes. So this could also just be a straight willpower to resist eating it because you instinctually <laughs> want to. Yeah, I, yeah. You also can just do whatever you want. If it, I'm mean, just trying to help you if you're trying to math out what to do. If you're like, I eat it, I'm not going to argue with you. You don't have to roll for that. Uh, I think, I think streetwise, but that'll kind of go into it because like, depending on what the answer is, Flinch might decide to eat it. Yep. Streetwise, I would say difficulty three. Okay. Carl, what are you doing right now? Um... Azrael has been our, our guide through all of this. So seeing Azrael, um, hearing him make his remarks, Carl would, with no problem, turn to his fallen opponent, wrench the like breastplate off and reach in and yank out the heart. Great. Azrael, you've hauled out a heart. You were the most decisive. So what do you do with your heart once you've removed it? I, man, Azrael would first plant himself back in the place where he was walking uh that's just number one importance to him and yeah since this isn't the heart on on a pedestal if if you're walking back Mm -hmm. then flinch will get the first reaction so flinch what did you end up rolling two failures baby two failures uh flinch you don't know what the fuck you're supposed to do with it and it looks disgusting like disgusting good or disgusting bad? Uh, <laughs> disgusting good. <laughs> uh, not disgusting good. You've looked okay. at other gore so before. You know, what it's like, you know what it's like to eat people? You have no fucking clue what will happen if you try to eat something that's directly from the warp. You do not know what the cost will be. And I'd say you also are vaguely nervous because you've kind of made a lot of promises to a lot of people. And how does corn feel about you? You're not sure. Flinch continues to <laughs> carry the heart in her open, outstretched hands in front of her. Great. Flinch has got a processional. <laughs> now, Azrael, you've returned. You're back in the original place. What do you do? I, man, I feel like Azrael wants to just reach out to the warp again because it's it's a question of, is this 
something for us or is this something to give as a sacrifice moving forward to our next location? I think that's the question because this is a slight deviation from where we were supposed to be in his eyes. All right. So Azrael's focusing, which is good. So if you want to roll me one of your psychic checks, that'd be great. Uh, But Flinch is still holding a heart. Azrael is praying to the gods. Carl, you have a beating heart in your hands, having just declared yourself the champion of corn. What do you do? I'm going to eat it. (laughs) Already Carl's (laughs) Carl's going for a snack, which I like. Uh, So while this is happening, Carl, you bite down and just feel rage. You are are eating an emotion. You can sense that this is a lesser demon, but definitely fueled by uh, betrayal and a knife in the back on the battlefield. So every time someone has turned on a brother with a blade in terms of combat, specifically a knife, that is the energy that has fueled this specific demon. Uh, And you feel that hatred suffuse your body uh, and red magic swirls around you. Your wounds remain open. Your wounds remain bleeding, but your wound threshold is fully healed. Okay. You don't know if this healing will be forever or if corn is just souping you up in the sense of like you will be stronger to destroy yourself should you throw yourself into combat too heavily. But you are strong once again. You are the champion you have been meant to be. Azrael, what'd you roll? Azrael feels a little better. Azrael rolled three successes, one advantage. Azrael, this is both. Okay. This is something that will push you forwards on your quest, but it's also something for you that has been earned. Great. All right. Then Azrael will pick up his severed arm and belt it onto his hip and then eat the heart. Great. Azrael, you eat the heart. Uh, You feel yourself suffused with with just an absolute brutal energy. Mm -hmm. And, And it's also tinged with uh, a certain amount of violence and a certain amount of despair in equal measure. Just the the final blow of someone who is destroying themselves while they take the swing. This was a, this was a demon of murder suicides and that energy fuels through you. Uh, and you feel your, uh, yourself and your energy and your overall injuries uh, pick up and heal themselves. Uh, and you, you are back to your full wound threshold. All right. Flinch, yeah. you see them both suffused with red energy, but remaining unharmed and seemingly invigorated. What do you do? I think that it's very clear to Flinch that she can eat the heart now. She don't need no successes to determine that. <laughs> so. <Yep>. <laughs> Flinch, you chow down and you feel yourself uh, filled uh, and poured through with terror and oh. with violence. Just a, a lashing out, and you realize that you are all the energy of prisoners being bloodily executed and beheaded on the way to the block. So you are all of that fear and then the bloodshed that comes immediately after it, and your wound threshold also rises to full. Shit. Then you all feel uh, terrible pain uh, in your temples, and you feel your flesh uh, split and tear, and you feel flames burning within your eyes. Uh, And as you look at each other, you realize that you are all growing horns. New cornate spiked horns out of your scalps. And each of you now has one eye that glows red in the style of a blood letter. It seems to be over until Azrael, you cry out 
and fall to the ground, and you feel a terrible writhing and wriggling pain within your lost arm. And then in a welter of blood, more blood than exists within your body that sprays outwards, you grow a new arm, only it is skinless and red. And when you look down at the body of the bloodletter that you killed, it now only has one arm. So you look down at this strong, recovered arm with black, clawed fingernails and realize that you have been named as the champions and replacements for these bloodletters. And then the world around you shifts. This one is not soft. This isn't a wave of blood. You're all drenched head to toe, almost drowning in the coppery, salty, taste, smell, wash of blood until you appear at the base of a ziggurat. Several stories high with crudely hewn stone stairs leading up to the top, surrounded by depths of a jungle that seems neutral in its tone. You're not seeing the garden of the grandfather. There's no sense of plague, but it's not without it. You're not seeing the Tizkin Towers of Knowledge, but there is the sense of a malicious and observing presence. You're not seeing demonettes or any of the, the various musks or sopophorics that you've experienced before, but there is beauty. And you're not seeing uh, a whole lot of bloodshed, but you are all covered in blood having arrived on a wave of blood. This is not a gentle place. However, you sense a, a broad energy and you can all see it. Just a pillar of light pouring up in a twisted, unholy sense that would be very comfortable for all three of you. For Flinch and Carl, it feels a bit like home at the top of the ziggurat. Clearly, that's your destination. I'm imagining you climb, but I don't know if you'd say anything to each other here as you feel that you're closing in on the end of your journey or what you would do. Yeah, Azrael would turn around and look to everybody with the horns. His He can't wear his hood anymore, so you can see more of his actual face, and he has like bald on top and then long silver hair that's pulled back with bones and everything. And you can see his discolored skin and, and he's has manic, happy grit on his face. <laughs> oh, the gifts we have been given to bring us to this place. The gods wish us to succeed. Let us move on friends. Mm, yes. Even I can see that this is, these are auspicious forms we have taken on. Yes. Uh, Flinch, you're also there. I don't know if you say anything, but uh, face present. Laura is making right now. <laughs> Man, this is this is weird. What is Flinch thinking? If Flinch doesn't say, anything? <laughs> was, I was gonna say, was that a line for Flinch? Just like. This is weird. <laughs> no, it's just like I've just I've just been thinking like it's just weird to eat like the heart of like a demon of corn when like Flinch used to be all about that blood life, you know? And yet I, this whole thing is in service to Throck. Flinch is just a little quiet. Flinch is having trouble with the metaphysical ramifications of being powered by corn, but in service to an atheist. Yeah. Oh. That's reasonable. All your bones hurt. Uh, and you, <laughs> the three of you, begin climbing the ziggurat. Uh, it takes you 
a, a random amount of time. And I say random because you can't tell. Sometimes it mm-hmm. feels like you are climbing for minutes, sometimes for hours. Sometimes it feels like you've been traveling for weeks or months, just starving as you continue. You can all feel various different shades of weather hitting you. Frozen winter, the like the calm of spring, the growth of summer. But all of this is happening at an accelerated pace. And it's impossible for you to tell what's real, what isn't, other than you have this climb, this climb that has to be made. And finally, you reach the pinnacle. And you are looking at an impossibly vast square. And at the center of it is an altar that has been raised up You're at cloud height, so you can see the clouds around you with lightning spiking through them. But the lightning seems almost to be rainbow-colored. There are clear references to all four gods. This is not a defined space owned by one of them. This is just arcing around you. And in this altar at the center, from the unholy light springing up from it, you can see a beating heart. The size of five or six fists put together. This is much larger than a mortal heart, clearly sized for an Astartes frame. Uh, And it is beating as it hangs in the air in the center of the light at the center of this space some distance from you. What do you do? Carl would would begin to walk forward. Thinking we've arrived, like Carl Carl would assume that Azral's role as our guide has been fulfilled, Carl would walk forward and reach out to grab this heart. Azral is watching as this happens, but watching because we aren't supposed to be the only people here. So Azrael is watching out for the other people who are supposed to be here. <laughs> Great. Azrael, can you roll me a perception? Sure. Difficulty four. And I'm going to spend a story point. <laughs> and I'm going to spend a second story point for a reason I'm not going to tell you. Did, to, to upgrade it again? <laughs> nope. One upgrade oh. for you, one upgrade for the world. Oh, very nice. All right. I'm double checking. GMs are allowed to spend story points to introduce things to scenes that would not have been there previously. Oh. Well, can I have a story point? Yes, you can. <laughs> can okay, I'm going to take one? one, too. I would like one also. Azrael's... <laughs> Trying to tune into these getting one. Yeah, (laughs) the world gets one. All right, here we go. Oh, 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 oh. wait, wait! Show me what a despair looks like. (laughs) Uh, X with a circle around it. Guess what I rolled? Three successes, one triumph, one despair. (laughs) A. Fuck. I thought you were gonna say three despairs. I was like, God, (laughs) your eyes fall out of your head. Azrael, you are reaching out around you with your warp senses, trying to figure out what the trap is Mm -hmm. of this scenario. You know the gods have laid things out before you, and it is very rare that they just gift you something at the end of the journey. And that's when you hear just the subtlest of the screeching sounds uh, of just a whirring mechanical screech coming from the distance through the clouds. And you realize that the lightning is striking this source over and over again because it's not walking the path that was intended Mm. to get here. You realize it's big, it's very fast, you're not going to have time to stop it, and it is heading for Carl. What do you do? Just, oh... Carl, attack! That's the only thing that comes to Ezra. 
Carl, Azrael has just yelled attack. You have a heartbeat to react and you can't see anything. What do you do? Um, I uh, 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 rev the chainsword and just draw it in a horizontal arc as I do a 180 for whatever's behind me. I Is it Carl's assumption? Something has snuck up on me. Just spin around to cut whatever's behind him. That is a clever idea, Carl. Uh, I would mm. like you to roll an attack. This one is going to be... Oh, dear God. Let me figure this out. <laughs> this one is going to be difficulty five. <laughs> Two okay. setback. Two setback. Uh, I am going to spend a story point to make one of those purples a red. Okay. I'm sweating. What else do I got going on? Not much. Okay. <laughs> Pretty straightforward when it comes to melee attacks. So, all right, I'm going to roll. Great. Ooh, not good. One failure, three threat. Oh, no. We tried. Two of my yellows came up blank. I was oh, betrayed. Shit, that sucks. Come on, corn. Yeah. <laughs> Out of corn the darkness. I can't hear you. There Sorry. is a, a massive form of purple and white marble ceramite just spinning out of the clouds. And your desperate assault, Carl, on the air around you misses by moments until a massive form hammers into your body and hurls you back across the dais towards where your friends are resting. And all three of you are looking upon Sindrian, the son of perfection, who with a creak manages to rise, not moving as quickly as you've seen previously, not as invincibly as you'd seen previously, and with a groan that's audible over the vox emitters of Sindrian's helm, which he reaches up, detaches, and throws aside. And you stare upon the most beautiful face you've ever seen. We're talking David Bowie meets your favorite supermodel, but each of you individually as players. Uh, and then your favorite model of any gender. And then, like, pick a whole three, add them together, uh, and then add in, you know, a Mr. Olympia level of muscle uh, okay. on the body on top of that. The armor itself is power armor, but it has almost been tailored to match Sindrian's form. Lean, very muscular, Adonis-like, built around the muscles that you all instinctively know match it underneath. Sindrian has a sparking jetpack built onto the back of the Emperor's children's armor uh, with beautiful white wings uh, attached to the sides to make Sindrian appear almost as an angel. And in each of Sindrian's hands end in lightning claws, the very balance of Throx. Only Sindrian coughs and blood leaks from Sindrian's mouth, pouring down the stains on Sindrian's face already that you had assumed were war paint and now realize are coughed up blood and other injurious elements from inside Sindrian's own helm. Can, uh, Carl, you can't. You got your ass kicked. Uh, damage will be neutral because you have a big spooky body, uh, but uh, you're back where you started. Mm-hmm. Can Azrael and Flinch, can you both roll me Perceptions, difficulty three? I got one success, one advantage. Flinch? One advantage, one failure. 
Flinch, you do not know what is going on, how this is possible. You're just in absolute awe and equal parts terror of Sindrian, the son of perfection. Azrael, what you realize as Sindrian stands is Sindrian's chest plate is sundered. And not just with the stabbing wounds that you would expect, knowing that you that Throck had done injury to both of Sindrian's central hearts. There is actually a large gap that is open to the air, as though the center of the chest plate had been broken open and hauled out. When you look inside it, you see that there are beating hearts that you can sense with your warp senses, but they are not Astartes hearts, which is why Sindrian is not as functional as the rest of the Space Aww. Marines. And Sindrian looks at the three of you and just says, Ah, Throck trusted his little pathetic menials. He must believe in you far more than mine earned my trust. And Azrael, you realize that Sindrian removed the hearts from Sindrian's crew and built them into Sindrian's own chest. So Sindrian is functioning at a mortal level of heart power within an Astartes body, enough to get here but not enough to stay fully capable of Marine combat. Mm-hmm. What do the three of you do? Sindrian is between you and the heart. I mean, if either of you two want to say something, that's fine, but I know what Carl's going to do. Yeah, I know what <laughs> Azrael's going to do. Is Flinch going to do anything? Flinch is raising her Inferno pistol. Okay, okay. so yes, we're all on the same page then. Yes. So, Azrael, <laughs> I guess probably right in front of Flinch, Azrael is going to take a knee and holding his staff, wants to entreat the gods and channel his divine future sight into Carl and use that to try and power Carl and, and give Carl some some words. I don't know if it'll work, but Azrael just tell Carl, like, Carl Edgar, strike at the heart of the enemy of your god. Beautiful. Can you roll me right. a psychic check? Uh-huh. Your normal difficulty is what, two for these? Correct. I'm going to make this one three. One of them's got to be red because we're yeah, Calvin they're always a red. bit. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, that works for me. Okay. Uh that is good. So this is a check that will be designed for, oh shit. Okay. You'll have one setback that is unavoidable because Carl is fueled by corn and you're trying to use psycher magic to affect a cornate champion. Oh. So that is an innate conflict of interest because corn hates magic, mm-hmm. but I'm only adding one. Cause you're also kind of fueled by corn a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a little messy with all the gods present. So just one this setback <laughs> that you would have outside of the normal there. God party up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anything else? Uh, that feels good to me, because this is, you know, a, a whole conversation that happens in an instant. Yep, and I feel like that's clean. It's it's going to be a tough one just because of, and it didn't work last time that Azrael tried to use it on Carl, but that's in a pinch. We'll see. Oh, three successes. Three successes. Carl. You are feel yourself fueled by not only the knowledge of Azrael to tell you to strike at the beast's heart, uh, but also the energy and speed of Azrael. So in this round of combat, you will be able to do two attacks. Azrael's oh, wow. knelt down and just traded his power over to you, so you've become twice as deadly in this form of conflict. However, you clearly want to charge, whereas Flinch doesn't have that same need to get quite as close. So, Flinch, what up? 
Um, the only thing Flinch is thinking of is like, Flinch doesn't quite know what she wants to happen, but she knows she doesn't want, like nothing good can come of Sindrian getting this heart. So, uh, attempt a boom, boom, bye. <laughs> All righty. Let's, let's take your shot, Flinch. All right. What's my difficulty going to be? The difficulty on this would normally be five because it is Space Marine, but this is a Space Marine that is functioned with human hearts. So Cinderine's ability to flawlessly sprint out of the way is severely limited. So the difficulty would be three. Okay. Unless you want to run up into engagement rage with Cinderine, and then it'll drop to one. It's a... Hmm. Would Flinch charge a Chaos Space Marine? No. Then you're good. Difficulty would be three. Uh, I'm going to use a story point, though. Great. Uh, you have and one the, left, the right? The setback for the defense will be one. Okay. Uh, I would also say, actually, if you would take the time to aim, and you're not moving, so that would give you the time to aim, uh, you will automatically be able to add uh, two advantage dice to the roll, and I will actually take the melee defense to zero, because if you can aim, you can aim for the Sorry, gaping... Sorry, two automatic advantages? No, or just what? two whatever the boost the dice. Boost? Two boost. Sorry. Two boost. Two boost. Uh, and uh, yeah. I will remove the setback because there's a gaping hole in the chest of this warrior. And if you were aiming, it'd be really weird if you decided to aim for the feet. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes totally sense. Yeah, because I can do I can just do that with my maneuver, can't I? Aim. Yeah, baby. Uh, Flint would like to destroy this space marine and take as few chances as possible. Great. So, uh, and, uh, so right now, we will be, just to update our story points, you guys will have two after this round. And I will have three. I decided to spend an additional oh. one because Sindrian is a lot nastier than just a random person showing up in the scene and being like, hey, hey, what up? This is cool. going to nice. be a problem. Nice. Okay, I think I'm going to roll. One shot. Oh, God. One two advantages. Oh. Two advantages. All right. I am going to say what happens is you fire... And Sindrian does manage to dodge aside. Fuck but Sindrian has to use so much of Sindrian's heart to allow this because of the energy that you watch Sindrian fall to one knee, having supernaturally dodged aside from this blast, which shoots towards the altar and you all have a moment of panic <laughs> until it hits the warp light around it and just reflects off. So the heart is undamaged. It does not reach the altar. But Sindrian staggers to one knee uh, and just hatefully coughing. Carl, you will get three attacks on Sindrian. <laughs> okay. I can't believe I got two advantage with like all the shit that I had going for that roll. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Uh, Flinch, you are having a lot of weird questions in your brain right, right now about corn, about other things. The fact that Slanesh is trumping your new weird corn eye. But the but dice roller isn't the supposed atheist. to know that. But he does. <laughs> That's what you're wrong. The dice know the story better than any of us oh, because man. they decide it more often than any of us. That's true. Carl. Uh, I'm off I'm off like a shot. Um, uh, Carl, who was, was knocked aside, fell on his face, but once provided with the, the knowledge and foresight, I think you said, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of Azral, um, and Azral saying to to 
go for the go for the chest. The weak part is the chest. Um, Carl, not even uh, looking uh, at uh, at Sindri, and just uh, rises up from the ground and says, "Yes!" And he's just running towards him, chainsaws revving, uh, and he's um, he's got it out like a uh, like a combat knife. So the sword is low in both of his hands, and he's running forward to basically just plunge it into Sindrian. Great. Sindrian is readying uh, his claws, but you can see that he's not functioning very well. It, from what you're looking at, this is the equivalent of a the world's best martial artist trying to fight you while having a heart attack. So it's not <laughs> where they want to be. And they're very dangerous, but they're having a terrible fucking day that right. is limiting the skill set. Okay. So you are going to be rolling three attacks because you're coming in with the power and distraction of your friends. Okay. The difficulty on this will be three as it was before. Uh, <laughs> the setback and the melee defense will be one. Uh, you can't go around it. Uh, they, there's only so much the hole in the armor will do for you, and it's much less up close than if you were shooting at someone. Mm. So three difficulty, one setback, and then the rest is up to me to assemble? Correct. Okay. It, it's um, the power of chaos friendship. Yeah, <laughs> I am I'm going the- to upgrade one difficulty on each of these three attacks. I'm burning my three story points to give you one red on okay. each of these. Okay. Uh, and I was going to I was going to use a story point um can, if if you're doing it in advance, can I say like I will be using a story point? I would on my say three? right right now if you guys have two and I have three, use two on two of yours. Yeah, I'll use okay. three and we'll just say that that'll be kind of our wash. So That's cool. And then we just swaps. You'll have two by the end and all. Yes. Correct. And we'll have three. Okay. Cool. Um, so I will roll these dice twice and then swap back in a regular one on the third one. So first roll. A wash. <laughs> Double failures on the upgraded die for Ryan. So that one really, really killed me. Uh, you, okay. co- you come in low and you're ready yeah. to swipe upwards, but Sindrian saw you telegraph the blow and just crosses his his lightning claws to create an electrified fence that you can't actually force your way past with the first strike. Uh, How do you redirect for the second one? Yeah, I, uh, in, in, you know, pushing forward with all the might of my big, swollen, grotesque body, um, I (laughs) faint out so that all the, the, the tension between us is released. uh, And I create a new opening that way by trying to quickly uh, send the sword back in. Great. Here we go. So, same pool I just rolled. Three successes, two threat. Great. What is the the damage on on this one again? I'm trying to remember. So the uh, incorporating my brawl plus the damage is ten. Yep. Plus the three successes, so thirteen. Thirteen, and it's pierce two. Pierce two. Great. Okie dokie. Yeah, you you strike a a solid blow that tears through uh, the ceramite at the edge of the hole in the chest and stabs down, destroying one of the hearts uh, as you withdraw. Uh, And now swapping out a yellow for a green. I am ready to roll again. If you could do me a favor and add two more setback to represent the two threats from last round, which is Sindrian reaching up with a lightning claw and grabbing the chainsword blade that is inside Sindrian's chest. But trying to take control of the weapon. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's two successes, two advantage. Oh, fucking finally. Jesus. Yeah. One. Huh. 
Sindrian has the blade in hand and just says, Excess. Excess in all things. Excess! And he's coughing blood onto your armor as he yells the word excess. And what do you say before you kill Sindrian? <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> when it comes to blood for the blood god, there is no excess. And your chainsword <laughs> breaks through Sindrian's lightning claw. And then the second lightning claw that's around it, severing through Sindrian's hands and leaving the blades and his literal fingers on the floor before you carve through his torso upwards and decapitate the champion of Slanesh. And the perfect symbolism for Korn. And you step forwards towards the altar, ready to claim the heart that dangles in the air. But as your fingers reach towards it, the heart begins to rise up. And it rises up about 10 feet into the air, and then you just watch lightning strike it from the clouds. Only this is pink lightning, and then purple lightning strikes, and pink, and then purple again. And warp energy begins to suffuse the heart and grow up around it, spinning out a form around this heart, a body that is within it. And you can feel the screams of the four gods. One in delight and ecstasy, and the other in furious betrayal, the other three voices, all hating that they have been fooled as this happens. Azrael, you can feel the rage spinning through the warp, and you all look up and see a massive herald of Slanesh form. Yep. The demonettes before are like, demonettes to a herald are like people to a space marine. The herald is large, one clawed hand, the other a beautifully sinuous human arm, swept back mane of hair from an androgynously gorgeous face. Everything with just random blades and random bone spurs sticking out, all swept back. Uh, nude and simultaneously clothed as you blink or look away, you can see traces of armor on the body that simultaneously reveal more and protect the vital organs. And this creature looks down at the three of you and just says, Chetagrim has arrived. You thought you could escape me? I marked you all. I gave you my blessings. You aren't corns or nurgles or zeeches. You've been mine all along. And both Carl and Flinch you realize with horror what this demon is saying. Hetagram was the body that burst forth from your blood mage. Hetagram was the demon that betrayed you in the jail cells. Hetagram pretended to be a cornate demon and revealed themselves to be a demon of Slanesh. And then deep down in horror for both of you, but especially Carl, you remember that you accepted a blessing from the demon where it sliced into you in a sign of honor before you went to battle with your target in the prison, which means you have been pacted not just to the Archon Urlock Gower, but to Hatagram, Herald of Slanesh. This episode of the one-shot Blood Pact Requiem features Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at Yell Hamstring on Twitter, Del Borovic at Deltastic on Twitter, and our game master, Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. 
and the OneShot's logo was created by decapitated markers. This show's theme music is Gothic Trip with Thunderhorse by Damiano Baldoni, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and our Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden. Melissa Rain. Mithrian. Garbo Ape. And Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to season two of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Kelvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutante, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about St. Clair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball 
There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Oh, my God.